Hello, my name is Sonia Hosey and I am the Associate Pastor of God's Way Christian Baptist Church. And it is honor for God's Way Christian Baptist Church Healthy Mind Project from the Hogg Foundation of Mental Health. We are located in Taylor, Texas in the Central Texas area. Our pastor is Reverend Dr. B.R. Reese. And this is such an honor that we are bringing an episode on parenting and a pandemic. Hello, my name is Sonia Hosey and I am the Associate Pastor of God's Way Christian Baptist Church. And it's just an honor for us to be here on tonight. There's going to be a powerful conversation with a few young women that we, we are here with tonight. And this is a, a conversation that so many people are asking for us to discuss. I mean, we all know that there's so, much th so many things that's going on right now. And so it is so important to have this type of conversation uh, with our audience. I do wanna say that again, we thank you so much for your time and for your effort and for attending this uh, powerful conversation that we're gonna be having with some family members. Tonight, we're gonna to be talking about parent table talk. It's talking about parents in this pandemic. I'm sure everybody understand all of the chaos and the very things that's happening during this particular time. And, and, you know, and you're trying to figure it all out, uh, but we are still making it. We are still kind of getting through. Uh, God's Way Christian Baptist Church, the Wellness and Empowerment Community Ministries uh, Healthy Minds Project. We are to educate the African-American community around trauma and on um, poverty. We focus on the real communities uh, in Williamson County and then also in the Central Texas County. The project is funded in part by the Hogg Foundation for Mental Health, and we are so grateful for the support that they provide us. As you all know that in some form or fashion, uh, we're suffering during this pandemic. Um, the impact of the COVID-19 in this pandemic has traumatized a lot of our family members, uh, socially, financially, mentally, physically, and also emotionally. We all know that it is such a time that we are to come together and to help each other. But what you're gonna be hearing from these uh, young ladies, I will say young ladies, about how they have uh, worked around you know, their families, trying to balance everything between families and their homes and, and, uh, and their jobs and all the various things that they have to juggle during the day. But caregivers are grappling with unusually heavily uh, heavy mental loads uh, during this pandemic. Uh, these burdens are related to job loss, homeschooling, loss of social support, mental health, and isolation. And so this forum will include Nicole Trefan and Carlita Felder will discuss their parenting challenges and how they are um, balancing those things uh, during this particular time. Uh, Carlita Felder is a mother of three uh, children and her daily focus is to empower, educate, and positively impact others in the community. 
She attends the Celebration Church of Pastor Joe and Lori Champion. Then we have uh, Nicole Trefan. Uh, she is also a single parent of one child. She attends God's Way Christian Baptist Church. She is also one of the leaders in the wellness and empowerment community members of ministry. So we thank both of you for being here and being a part of this, um, this uh, meeting, this, this time for us to talk and to have a conversation. And I thank you so much for, uh, for being here. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to start out with is I wanted to just talk to you ladies about when you spoke to your children about COVID, when all of the different things happened during this COVID season, we didn't realize the magnitude of this COVID-19, this pandemic. And so Carlita, and then after Carlita, if um, uh, Nicole, can you also follow her with the same question? Carlita, how did you address the COVID-19 with your, with your children? How did you explain all of that? Oh, Lord help. So to be transparent and completely honest with you, I, I couldn't talk to my children about it until I grasped what was going on. I didn't really understand. Um, I didn't know what it was. Um, I was hearing so many theories and news articles on how it spreads or how it's caught or how it's obtained. And we were in a situation where we had just uh, came from a wedding and been around so many. So talking to my children, I had to first educate myself. And then I actually uh, tried to just pick apart what I honestly shared with them because my children vary in ages uh, seven, nine, and 14. So I chose to tell my 14 year old a little bit more than I did the other two. Um, I told my daughter um, the causes of it, how to be, how to preventative, you know, what we can do to prevent um, catching it. We were, again, we were in a new apartment with absolutely nothing. We actually had to get in a, um, get a home because um, where we were staying, they quarantined themselves. So we were in a situation where we had to um, find a place. And so by telling them this, I also understood that my kids were scared. We're in a new environment. We were in a new place. So I just told my boys that there was a sickness going around. And, um, you know, we prayed for people. We prayed for ourselves. But really just be honest with them about it. Let them know we, 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 we're not going to be able to travel as much. Um, we have to purchase more items, everybody was buying stuff left and right. And with my daughter, it hit her a little bit more. So I actually had to talk to her, but then I had to do a lot of active listening because even the more information I shared, it seemed like it confused her. When you were talking a little bit about uh, how you addressed your, uh, with your children, you kind of mentioned about how the transition, you had to transition from one place to another. Did you yes. receive any support yeah. from that? I mean, was there support that you have when you had to find somewhere, some other place? I understand about 
you know, trying to quarantine, you know, from others. Yeah. Uh, what kind of community support did you receive? Honestly, um, I I used to work for 211, so I knew I could have called uh, 211 and found out about, you know, the resources in my local area. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, pride got to me. I knew that I had a job that um, I, I felt paid me pretty well. And I, and I started feeling like, okay, I get paid if I can just get my stuff from, you know, my job. Because again, we all weren't notified. So we had to just go to our jobs, get my equipment, move it into the this empty apartment and make it work. So I didn't really reach out for community support. I, um, as single mom, I put on my thinking cap and I wrote a list of like my priorities, things I need to do, things I need to get. Well, I need to get my lights on. I need to get Wi-Fi so I can work from home. We have to eat. We have to have something to lay our heads on. And then um, going back to my home and um, safe distancing, getting some of the items, but mainly having to buy everything through Amazon Prime. I became an Amazon Prime member this year. <laughs> but I didn't reach out right. to um, community for, I, there were so many that I knew making less than me or didn't even have a job. Everyone was mm -hmm. needing a lot of resources. So I, mm -hmm. I did not reach out for communities, uh, you know, for support. I just made it work. Okay. Thank you, Carlita. I'm going to ask Nicole. Nicole, um, answer that same question. Um, you, again, you have that, um, you have one child. And so in regards to the COVID, uh, how did you have that ex or um, conversation uh, with your child? Um, we had that conversation early or probably earlier than most people. I, I, am, I parent a 16 year old high school junior. So I'm really trying to prepare him for the adult phase of his life. And mm -hmm. I started planning that we were gonna to go to China for his spring break. And I think in January, I began receiving notices that they were beginning to cancel the trips, the, the group trips to China. And by February, I knew for certain that we weren't going to be able to get a visa to go to China. So then um, we scheduled, because we'd been saving up and, and, and kind of squirreling all of our nuts away for this trip, I went ahead and did a cruise and the, night before we were supposed to fly down to the cruise, uh, the president got on TV and closed the cruise lines. So we sort of began the pandemic sheltered in place during spring break. And that's how it started. The conversation was initially that there's something going on in China and they're not going to let us travel to China. And then it became, well, I guess that is having something to do with America because they're not going to let us cruise. And then um, certainly lockdown had happened by the end of, uh, of spring break and he wasn't going to go back to school. Uh, we were going to be homeschooling from that point on. Uh, I, probably the most major conversation I had to really have a conversation with him about was he was planning on doing some sort of summertime employment. And because those youth jobs, summer jobs are typically forward facing to the public and there's more exposure. And we live with someone who's disabled, uh, immunocompromised with no health insurance. It was important for me that we lower the risk. And I, I told him that he wasn't going to be allowed to uh, 
do a, a, a summer job this year. Okay. So it sounds like you two ladies really had a challenge as uh, the COVID began to hit here, uh, especially in the United States. And, um, and both of you live in the Central Texas area and we all know how the um, COVID has completely um, increased over, I mean, it's, it's, it's increased tremendously here in the Central Texas area. And so um, there has been so many precautions that we have you know, really had to make and look, many things that we had to change. Um, Nicole was talking a little bit about uh, school. So that leads me into the next question. Um, I'm sure during this COVID, parents had to juggle many hats <laughs> and schooling was one of them. Uh, Carlita, can you talk a little bit about um, how you had to adjust in schooling? Is your child in school, homeschool? Oh, Lord, I could go on about the schooling. <laughs> So with moving into a new uh, place, my kids couldn't attend the school they originally attended. And so I'm having to change all three to different a different district, which they felt some type of way about because not only I'm, I'm now stuck in the house, I don't get to see my friends anymore. I'm in a whole new school now. So dealing with that, registering them um, and, and doing all this all virtually, and um, schooling was a task. Uh, so I have a, the seven-year-old. Actually, let me show you. We created a board to try to make this easier where I color-coded what class you needed to be in and how you, you know, where you needed to be. Working from home and trying to make sure each child is in a certain Zoom or, hey, it's independent time. Oh, it's lunchtime. And, and they were getting tasked also. They weren't just attending Zoom. The school was asking them to have interactive, which I'm, I appreciate, but it was causing, it was tough. Cause I had to also put my work on hold, but you know, prayerfully and thankfully my job understood. So I was having to remove myself from work and no exaggeration, almost every hour because they were all on different schedule. My high schooler, luckily she woke up last. So she would help me out with my middle. Mm -hmm. And then we would try to switch, but then now I'm putting a little pressure on her. So it, it, it's definitely been a task. So they actually opted to go from virtual. So now they are attending school, but we are constantly having to make sure to keep their immune system thin things up. But yeah, it's, it's definitely been a task with the school. Mm. Yeah, it sounds like it's been a challenge, especially for um, trying to transition from the virtual to home. And uh, I'm sure that the school, the teachers and, and so on may be having some of the same issues and trying to be safe. Thank yeah. you, Carlita. What about you, Nicole, um, in regards to the school? What's, what's going on with the school for your, for your um, teenager? Is your teenager? He my teenager. So okay. my son has attention deficit disorder. He does not have a 504. We get no services from the... Uh, school and we switched to online learning. So the um, 
I've always known that the school was not going to be able to teach at his level, but the amount of effort that it takes as a parent to try and keep your son uh, on grade level when he's got learning disabilities that are, aren't being addressed is certainly difficult. And this new year brought uh, pre-calculus physics, AP English, and world history, and a variety of computer science of other classes. And I've needed to spend a lot of time um, motivating him, helping him, all the while I am also working a full-time job. Uh, mm -hmm. Although they did let me work half-time, but I got burnt on the back end of that because they stole about over a hundred hours of my leave time for letting me work half time, which was supposed to be a gift. Um, at this time, my son goes to school in person and that is a choice. Um, my son had a disciplinary issue with the school. Uh, as a charter school, they do supply the technology that being the laptops to my student, that is their property. What goes on is that they have the ability to run software in the background. This school in particular runs a software called Go Guardian. They can look at all the keystrokes of what your student is doing online, wow. such that if your student is pubescent or in puberty and viewing inappropriate things on their laptop, then uh, they can start a disciplinary action. In my case, I was never notified that this was going on. And in fact, it had happened probably four or five times before this current time. And I, there is a risk to send him to school, but I do so because I want there to be an outcome for his behavior that is beneficial for him. And I don't believe that that can happen if I'm kind of shielding him and giving him the privilege of still allowing him to stay home and take classes. And it sounds like for both of you, you've had some type of challenges and trying to balance the home and the school and um, because everybody is basically virtual. I mean, this is becoming the new normal where, you know, everything is virtual. And then I believe both of you are talking about having school or all of your kids going to school in, in person. Um, out of curiosity, just to ask this question, have the school changed their uh, safety measures in regards to, um, um, you know, for safety. What what are some of the schools doing in regards to the safety issues? Well, I know for mine, before like right when they get out of the car, they come with the um, the temperature gauge, so they're checking temps before you even drive off. So in case they have their temperature checked, they can go right back in the car with you. Um, I know the boys' hands are incredibly dry all the time. They're saying they are constantly getting sanitized. Um, they bring their own water cups. They've made sure, you know, kids aren't using water fountains. The classrooms are a lot smaller. I think um, Josiah might have eight kids in his room. So they're, I mean, they're, they're trying. I, I do, I do appreciate it because I am nervous about it. Now, mm -hmm. high school, it's a different beast. I know uh, my daughter, it's not so much, it's quite a bit of kids at the school I am getting weekly emails that they you know notifying us that someone is, is came in contact with COVID um, they are also attempting but it, it's a little it's more complicated my daughter says like they 
have to alert them if they're going to the bathroom and things like that. But so they're trying. That's good. What about you, Nicole? Is there something um, that they're doing that you that you are aware of? So I want to be clear. My school is the school my son attends is not offering in-person classes. My son goes to school there because he has a disciplinary issue. They do require the students to wear masks. They do temperature check the students when they enter the building. My son is attending virtual online classes. He stays in the same room all day long. He, I think at some point they were letting them go outside for lunch, but even that has been cracked down on such that they truly are in the building or in that classroom that they're assigned to socially distant from the students over six feet. Everyone's wearing a mask at all times unless you have food in your mouth. And it seems to be working. I've not heard anything from them saying that they even think that there might've been a COVID case from their location. Wow. Um, wow. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't have kids. And so um, the stories that you're talking about, I'm sure that there's many uh, people in the audience are basically having some of the same issues that you're having. And so it's kind of like, again, this is some of the new normal trying to just trying to just figure it out, you know, as we kind of go along. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your emotional health. How have you been taking care of yourself? What has been some of the challenges as all of this have come about? And when we're talking about your emotional health, I mean, if there's something that you can let people know and, and if you can have some type of transparency about that as much as you feel comfortable with. Carlita? So, oof. That one right there. I mean, we see posts, you, all kinds of things now keep saying the word self-care, self-care. And um, I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm better about it now. At the beginning, it was just too much, changing kids, schools, getting a new apartment, making sure um, I'm I'm doing well at my job. I just I got promoted, I'm, I'm giving that all. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, I started feeling like I wasn't doing a, a good job. I definitely felt as though it was too much. This is too much. This is like, I don't even know what all this mess is. Um, I stopped watching the news. Um, I, you know, I, I know everybody might feel a certain way about that, but that was my preference. It was too much negativity coming at me. So much so I made sure to like, the decor even in my house started to look like a Zen garden. Like I literally had to, uh, I started practicing meditation. Um, my anxiety went through the roof. I've been dealing with anxiety pretty bad. And I've just been, I internalized so much. I started feeling like bogged down and heavy, but I couldn't, I couldn't put a name on that thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I still don't have a reason why. And then I started being really hard on myself. Like, you know, my parents didn't complain. My mom probably had to go through so much. And, and so all the negativity started to come from myself. 
I didn't have strategy and I would try to look up and Google different things on overcoming and, and talking positive and listening to meditation music as I sleep. But I became my, my, my problem. And I'm, it's, it's a daily thing where I feel like I have to tell myself I'm only going to allow the things around me that raise my vibration including myself, my thoughts. I had to channel my negativity that was coming in. Why are my kids down? Are your kids happy enough? Did you take them outside? Like it became an internal battle, internal war. This, this is a really trying season. And I don't know why I don't have the answer, but I can tell you when all these things started to shut down, not that I was doing a whole lot, but I didn't feel like I could call anyone and vent because they're going through their own things. And then I started to feel like, you know, there's people that are dealing with so much more than you. You know, so it, it's it's tough, but now it's, it's gotten a lot better because um, wellness, learning more about my wellness, learning more about what I can do. So stop just looking at the problems, but trying to find a solution. So for me, um, going walking, I've gained so much weight from all this, but I felt when I walk or when I make an attempt, it helped. When I actually just have a moment to be present and not complain, not think it helps. But mentally, this is really, it, this has been a tough season. It, found, it sounds like that you found ways just to cope. Yeah. And um, I mean, you've kind of designed a way, you know, just to bring some type of calmness, I guess, in your, in your space. Uh, yes. And, you know, some of the activities and stuff outside of the home and you know finding different techniques and strategies and you know different things for you to just keep balanced um you know nicole what what were some of the things that you had to do i mean as we're talking about our emotional health what what were some of the things that you had to do to kind of help you along the way uh completely authentic uh, my son also suffers from depression, so I don't get an opportunity to really uh, go into depression on my on my own because um, there has been suicidation and, and things I have to look out for. So I have to take care of my own mental health. So I've been seeing a counselor since the beginning of the year. There was certainly a lot of disappointment in the air, you know, with so many things being canceled and and plans being canceled um, and certainly the stresses at work and, and moving from working in person to doing a highly technical job um, at home siloed by myself and um, not even understanding what the biases are that, that come at me when I'm in that environment because everyone knows that I'm a black woman <laughs> or they knew that before COVID, but um, then you get to attribute what I say and what I do to, oh, that's just her being that crazy little black woman. Um, I have to talk about how the social justice crisis that hit the country um, this year was so damaging because I got to watch someone that looks like my son shot on the side of the road in April. And after that, I got to watch um, a cop stand on the neck of uh, George Floyd 
also looking like my son while he peed and cried for his mother before he died. And that has given me a new understanding because I'm working low level. I'm trying to keep my son out of the uh, school to prison pipeline. But it, it's it's a bigger struggle than that because death is an option. It's it's on it's on the menu. So um, having to process and cope with all of that in a pandemic, it is, you know, it, it's really torn my heart apart. And I'm I'm so interested in reforming um, how we police our people, but also about. Um, criminal justice because my son went into the restorative justice system with the school and I got to see what that looks like. And that too gives me concern. So heavy things. I, I drink uh, tea with ashwagandha powder in it. That, that's, that's my thing. So you got counseling and tea with ashwagandha powder. I'm glad, um, Nicole, that you mentioned counseling because a lot of times, um, especially African-Americans do not necessarily um, try to pursue counseling. And so sometimes we need to understand that counseling is, is necessary, uh, may not be for everyone, but it's okay to get counseling. We need to make sure people understand that you know one in five people are suffering from some type of mental health, um, mental disorder or something. And because we know that during this COVID time, it's even, it's even increased at this particular time. So I'm glad that you um, took advantage of that uh, service and um, you know, was a part of that. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. Uh, Carlita, she had mentioned about the um, Mm, the social unrest. This has had been a um, a trying time for for many people. Mm -hmm. We saw it in front of our eyes, and, and even though you know it was um, Floyd at that particular time, but there were many prior to that, and then it continued to you continue to see it over and over again. What was your initial thoughts um, when you saw that? How did you explain that to your kids if you explained it? I'm sure somehow they probably was exposed to something. How, how, how did you all have that kind of conversation about that? So, oh, Father. I had to, um, so I, I fast, I forgot to say that when you asked about the mental health, I fast from social media. I've always done that. I do that to, keep me from comparing whatever I may be doing, um, comparing the negativity, whatever, too much. So I had been fasting um, off social media. Uh, um, and then I actually hopped on. And when I got on social media is right when everything, like I felt like a bomb went off. Um, and myself, I feel like in our community, I feel like all over the nation, uh, my boys aren't, they don't have phones, things like that. So, um, we did have a talk about being black and my son was like, I'm brown. And I'm like, well, let me break that to you. <laughs> he made sure to try to correct me. And I was like, oh, we need to talk about our history. Um, it actually taught me that I wasn't, I wasn't properly taught history in school. And 
it actually made me pause and go back with my kids. And as a parent realized I need to educate my kids and educate them on truly our history, truly what we've done and what we've what we keep doing and what we keep trying to do and what we keep trying to overcome and what keeps trying to come back at us um with my daughter that's who it hit it hit real hard um my daughter cried she felt like Kayla you know we, we, we feel for everyone and she was feeling like mom's talking about what's happening and she just doesn't understand it and she, uh, my daughter decided on her own to get off social media for a moment to be able to process, to be able to pray, to figure out like where to go from here. Mind you, she's 14. And if you see all these grown adults that have been talking about this injustice and how it's been happening for so long, she felt like, well, what? It was like a hopeless kind of thing. And that's where me and her kind of did a lot of praying together, kind of see what we can do. She did want to go downtown um you know when a lot when everyone was gathering because of covid um i i did tell her let's let's do it here and let's still be a part of it and i just because at that time again i it didn't sit well with me if we were to get sick but um it's hard like nicole said this is you look at your kids I'm looking at my kids, I'm looking at my dad, I'm looking at my brother. My brother's huge, huge. And, and I've always, I feel like I have to tell my kids that they can't have an attitude. You can't, you can't take anything wrong. Make sure you get everything clarified. Like why do, and it, it, it be, I get angry. Like I'm getting angry right now even talking about it. But I'm trying to educate my children and educate myself. That's, that's how we're doing. And we're still gonna continue, so it doesn't stop. Yeah, I know a lot of people were um, heavily um, impacted by seeing all of that. And uh, along with the COVID, along with some of these social unrest, all of it coming at one time um, has been difficult on, on many people. And I, I truly believe that uh, during this particular time that people need a lot of support. Uh, even if we can just do a Zoom or just say, are you okay? Just, you know, texting or, or something, you know, something to, just to say, uh, are, you, are you okay? What kind of supports, and, and I'm not sure if I may have asked this, but what kind of supports did you receive? Or, or if you did not receive the supports, what would you want? What, what would you think would be important for someone to have during this time? So I didn't seek support, but it came at me. And it came at me in the most unlikely place. I worked for an insurance company, huge insurance company. And my boss, um, who is Caucasian, called me. And she said, I'm just checking on you. She didn't bring up anything. She didn't, I, oh, I understand nothing. All she called to say, I'm calling check, but not just me because I'm African-American. Mind you, we're really good friends. She called and checked on everybody and then did something I have, I, and I can't speak for everybody, who everybody works for, but I have never seen where a huge corporation gets everybody in a WebEx, takes 
bump everything that's going on and says, we're just going to have an open, open discussion. Mind you knowing there's people that are angry. There's people that might not view things the same and you're going to put us all in a, a meeting. So people are having conversations and just opening up, letting people have a discussion, have an event. Um, have an understanding so that was the first and to some they may not see that support but I do when your job says hey I understand if you don't feel like coming to work today you can get a paid day off for reflection you can get a paid day off just to sit with your kids so to me that was support I, that was I, I did get support from that um, talking to my parents us just talking to each other because I can't see anybody I can't go out and get a hug from anybody that's lean on each other so all the, the support we could do was through Zoom, um, Zoom happy hours, Zoom Bible study. That was another support. My job also giving us free um, counseling services um, where we can interact with the psychologist or psychiatrist over the phone. That was support. So that's the support I got. And then again, from community, um, a black, uh, awesome black moms, mothers reaching out to each other, don't even know each other, but being there for each other. That was the support that we kind of all did virtually. Awesome, awesome. I wasn't even aware that um, organizations would have offered counseling to all of their employees. And that's a good thing. That, yeah. That's a good thing. And I'm hoping that uh, most organizations would do that. And so as we're sitting here on Facebook, I wanna say as a plea, Please support your um, employees, especially during this particular time. I mean, there's so many things that we can do. I mean, we just have to be creative in doing it, but as organizations, whatever we can do to help each other out, uh, this is the time to do it. And Nicole, I would ask the same, same question. Um, what kind of support did you receive or what kind of support did you want? Just talk a little bit about that. Um, so I think my biggest support has been my church family because I don't really have like a mom and dad. My parents have passed away. Um, so I appreciate you, Minister Hosey, for your support and pastor and, and first lady. Um, I've gotten to speak to my family more. So I've reached out uh, to my half sisters and had hour long conversations and I've never done that. Never. Um, I've appreciated being able to reach out to my twin more and really feel him reach back out to me and, and us hang out a little bit more than we normally do this year. So that's definitely been a support. Um, I guess I wish I would have there things that I'm trying to do uh, in this season with my son that have, I've really struggled at. I've, I want my son driving because um, I think that's very important to your independence as an adult, but there are a lot of laws that make that difficult. I you know, really encourage parents to read those laws. Even if you think your, your teenagers aren't gonna drive, you should know what the penalties are if they're caught in a car with a teenage driver and there's an offense happening. So because um, of my, my personal circumstance, 
I wasn't able to get my son a, a learner's permit because I can't establish residency. Although I work for the state government and I've lived in Texas for 20 years. Um, I was trying to get my son ready to take the college preparatory exams. And I actually paid the fee for him to take the exam and his seat was rescinded because they're prioritizing seniors over juniors. So there are just some things that we are, you know, I'm not able to do because it's just me. And I do need to be girded because it takes a village people. And I want to see that my son is like a, a productive functioning adult when he gets to 18. He'll be a senior in high school next year in September. I mean, I've got to get going on this project. I know I've, I've spoken to uh, many people and, and a lot of have said, okay, when we come out of this pandemic, I'm gonna have this job, this new, uh, uh, I'm gonna be an entrepreneur. When I get out of this job, you know, I will be a painter or something or another. And it's, and it's kind of funny, but it's, but it's not because people have been uh, very creative about the things that they're doing and, and then having an opportunity to um, sit and just know that to family, like you just said about family being so important, making those connections, knowing what's more important than the things, uh, but coming together as a family and with others, um, knowing who those connections are, knowing who the supports are, and those things are so, uh, so important. Um, before um, we go into questions and answers, I'm gonna ask both of you. If there's somebody out there, um, because we really need to come to a place where as a family, I think we said a family, um, there's many people who will look at this, are looking at this, what is it that you would tell someone out there that may be may have some struggles? What what would you want to tell them? What what important? What would you want to tell them? What would I want to tell them? as far as coping or just, what would I just want to tell them? Just what would you want to tell them in order to just give them some hope? Just giving them some hope. I'm gonna be honest with you. Before, if someone asked me that question, I'd be like, oh, you know, you're not alone. And, and, and with that, but this, this this lonely year, this year has taught me, I, I honestly would want to sit with that person and listen. I would want to listen. I would want to listen and be present and be there with that person in, in the thick of it. I mean, I would I would want to be a shoulder. I would I would sorry, I'm trying to hold back tears right now. Because like what Nicole just said, I just wanted to listen. I wanted, I, 
that, that for me, that would be like telling them something to just be there in that moment with them, whether they crying so much, not coming out, whether we cooking and putting everybody to bed together, whatever it is, I, I honestly would just want to, I would want to say something without saying anything. I would literally just want to be there for them and, and go through it and hopefully empower them by that presence. And, and I pray that right now, if anyone, which there is going to be someone, it could be one of us. It is. I know for me, we're feeling heavy mm-hmm. and masking it, right? Masking it just to get through your day. And then at night, your brain is thinking and you got so much going on. I just want to tell them we, we can't handle that all by ourselves. You know, that's when we have to ask God to help sustain us and preserve us and guard us. You know, give us that peace that surpasses all understanding. And that's probably what I would do is not say much. And I pray that that would say, that would say a lot. Thank you. Go ahead and share, Nicole. So my message would be that you're not alone, that there are lots of us in this struggle hustle. Uh, I think one of the greatest things about the pandemic was stimulus checks. Not because I got one, but if you were old back child support, they 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 were were were, were taking those for back child support. I hope they, they they do another one so I can get some more back child support. Um, the other thing is that you're enough. You may not feel like you're enough. You're not smart enough to uh, plan around all these challenges, or you don't have enough money to to stretch to get to where you need to go to. Um, if, as long as you're being honest with people and trying to have phone conversations, not in every case, but people are willing to work with you. So you may not think that you have enough, but you probably have enough. Um, and then the third thing would be that you need to prioritize for yourself. What are the important things to you, not what other people are going to judge you on? Work on your priorities. And that should be your goals for the week. What are What's important to you for the week? And do that. If something falls off the table, let it fall off the table. You don't guilt yourself. You don't blame yourself. You just mm-hmm. try and do better next week. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You both have shared so much um, valuable information and, and just being so transparent. And that's what people really need. They need to hear the heart. They need to hear what's really going on. They need to hear that somebody else is in the same boat as, as, as they are. But then you've also given them some strategies, you know, how to take care of themselves, ways that you've done it. Uh, you've given them ideas about how to support your kids uh, during this particular time, uh, how to communicate with the teachers in the schools and then you also talked a little bit about your own emotional health and wellness, uh, knowing that sometimes uh, you may not have it all together, um, but then finding out different ways through walking or through some type of self-care in order to, you know, to do what you need to do to take care of yourself. And then I'm also going to mention again that counseling is okay. It is okay. Uh, there's nothing wrong with counseling. Everybody who's in need um, sometimes receive professional counseling and sometimes it could just be 
uh, special, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, spiritual consult from uh, maybe their leaders or maybe some support through a support group or something like that. So it's okay to not be okay, but you find a way to get through it and it's okay to do that. It's okay to not have the answers, but it's not okay for you to be alone, to get into a place in a deep depression. That is not okay. And so at this time, I'm going to open up and see if there's any questions from anyone at this particular time. And then I'll check on the Facebook just to see if there's any questions that's there. Hi, my name is, hold on, let's show my video, Casey. My name is Tiffany Tennessee and Carlita invited me today. And I just want to say, um, um, I don't have a question. I just want to say that I really needed this tonight because, um, you know, us being mothers, we are the backbone of our families and we bear everything like weights and, I do, I can tell you that at the beginning of this, I really struggled with not wanting people to know that I was not okay, even in working and even in my day to day, even with my children, like I didn't want my kids to even have an idea like I was struggling. And just let me tell you something, Nicole, I don't know you, but I feel like you are my sister. And because you said something tonight, I have an autistic son. He's 11 years old. He was 12 on Sunday. And during this time, his, his, his routine has been disrupted. He won't even go to school anymore. And you said something tonight that when we were going through the social justice and seeing that stuff on TV, all I can imagine was something happening to my son and that added additional weights on my heart. And, and so I just say thank you to you, you sisters for, for sharing with us. And I just feel, I, I don't know, it's just, for me, it's a feeling to know that I'm not alone. And I just, I just really commend you guys. And and, and I just, I, I'm really happy to have joined tonight. So thank you so much for being so transparent. And I just feel the love and the sisterhood on this. And so thank you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tiffany. That was awesome. That was awesome. And yes, there is a sisterhood. <laughs> there is a sisterhood. I do not see any um, questions here. And so if there's not any other questions, I do wanna just say uh, to our audience, we thank you so much uh, for this opportunity just to share with you um, a little bit of information about uh, parents, especially during this uh, pandemic. Uh, I'm gonna say again that you are not alone. Uh, there is a support system that is there uh, if you do not have any type of support system, uh, again, my name is Sonia Hosey, and I am the Associate Pastor of God's Way Christian Baptist Church 
and we have a wellness and empowerment um, ministry uh, where we work with families and individuals who may be in need. And we would also provide, you know, if, if there is any other need that we can probably do something where we do an assessment as to how we can support you. Because again, you know, whatever small thing it could be, however we can help support you, we would, we would want to do that. And so uh, our contact information is on our website is gwcbctw.org. Uh, and again, my name is uh, Sonia Hosey and I am the Associate Pastor of God's Way. I'm going to share a little bit on our screen um, about some I'm of the sorry, other resources. Sonia? We have another question. Yes, ma'am. Hi, it's Ronika. Um, I just wanted to know, like, was this kind of like, again, thank you guys for sharing. Like, it was totally, um, it was comforting to know um, I'm not alone. Like, you guys literally felt like you guys were right next to me. And I live in California, so we're miles away. Um, and it just felt good to, like, again, to just not know you're not alone. I mean, my son's not old enough yet. But um, during the pandemic, it was, it was really, it was really, really hard. Um, previously already like um, suffering from having like past history of depression like it really um, it, it took a toll on me and it was just sorry if I sound emotional <clears throat> it just it was hard because like this is wasn't the this wasn't the type of world that I planned to have my son grow up in like and I didn't know how to prepare him I still don't know how to prepare him because it, I don't know like it's just it's different I'm, I mean I'm only 20 27 but like back then I know like race racism has been around forever but like back then I felt like it was just you didn't it wasn't as common at least in my childhood it was not and now to like see it like right in the face like I don't I like I struggle like I tell like my fiance all the time like dude is it, this a conversation when he grows up I have to have with him like um, like, how do I sit down and I talk to him, like, without, you know, imposing fear upon him, or, like, without already installing, like, fear of the police, like, in his heart or in his mind, and then um, it really hurt when, like, he has a sister, and she's like, is this what my brother's gonna go through? Like, why can't people just, why can't everybody just get along? Like, why, like, why do we have to see color? And it's, like, conversations, like, you know, it's hard you don't even know how to answer. Um, so this helped me and it reassured me like that one day, you know, I am going to have to have this tough conversation and I'll have people that I can actually go to and be like, Hey, how did you, explain this? I'm sorry, my kid just fell. <laughs> how do you, how do I, how did you explain this to your kid? Um, so I do want to thank you guys. And I just wanted to know, I'm sorry, if there was like, if this was a one-time thing, We are actually uh, beneficiaries of a grant. So no, this is not one time. We're gonna be doing this um, ongoing and we plan to do one just on social justice and get a whole lot of, of good people, police officers, some of our community leaders to come and sit and talk with us about what we're going to do around social justice. Yes, uh, Nicole and I um, are working 
with the um, Healthy Minds project that we received through the Hogg Foundation. And part of these ongoing focus groups will be talking about some of the things that sometimes people do not want to talk about and having those courageous conversations, especially during this particular time. And so a lot of it, uh, even though we may have outlined some uh, topics that we will be talking about, but just as we are talking today, there may be certain uh, other issues that may come up that we believe that is very important to have conversations about. Um, it, it's important to reach people right where they are. Um, and so I'm so glad that you shared with us about, and I thank you from California. Thank you for being here from Cali, all from California on the line, but thank you so much for being here. Um, but again, just like Nicole said, there's going to be uh, many other topics that will be coming. And if you would like to leave your information um, with me, you can put it in the chat. Um, at the chat, I'm not sure if you're on your phone or whatever, I'm not sure what you're on, but you can just send that information uh, to us and we can just reach out to you so you'll know what's what we're gonna be doing in the upcoming upcoming months. Are there any other any other questions? I would like to go ahead and share a screen with you about some resources that's available. These are some services that's available. Um, we have Lifeline Family Enrichment uh, Counseling. Uh, Barbara Fountain is the founder and order, uh, owner of this um, organization. It's here in the Central Texas uh, area. Uh, she does provide counseling services, uh, which include family counseling services, individual counseling group, um, she also stated that um, at some point, if we would like to develop some type of support group, she could help us outline that and we can start developing that. And so she is a good uh, resource for us uh, here in the Central Texas area. There's also the National Child Traumatic Stress Network. And this network is to raise the standards of care and improve access of services for traumatized children, their families, and uh, the community. And this is a, um, a service that is uh, nationwide. Then I just want to let you all know that on February the 3rd through the 5th in 2021, there will be the Central Texas African-American Family Support Conference, uh, which will be held uh, here in the Austin, well, it's going to be healed, uh, held virtually, excuse me, virtually, February the 3rd through the 5th, uh, and you can go to ctaafsc.com, and in addition, uh, it will include the Yes to Best Youth Summit, which is February the 6th, uh, 2021. Uh, for the Central Texas Conference, uh, this has been a conference that has been going on for uh, 21 years, I believe. 
And so um, this is going to be a fantastic conference. It really doesn't, not a huge um, amount for registration, but registration is open. Uh, we're excited about it. Again, all of it's gonna be virtual. We're gonna have some entertainment, some um, com uh, comedians, but some realistic and down to earth, transparent conversations, just as we had on tonight. And then the other, just wanna share with you is that there are some crisis hotlines that's available for you. And so um, there is a crisis hotline that could be shared. Uh, there's some information about uh, coping with COVID-19. There is a suicide prevention lifeline number. Um, there is information about the crisis text line, but then also there is a 211 number that's here in uh, Texas to provide you with information about all of the resources uh, that you will you know, need to explore. And they would be able to provide you with some of that uh, information. So I hope uh, that you will um, look at some of these resources and know that there are resources that is there out there uh, for you. And a part of the wellness and empowerment uh, program, if for some reason you're not, um, if you don't have that information, I'm sure either through myself or Nicole, we can kind of help you through that process to make sure that you have some of the information that you may need. So this is not just a one-time conversation or anything because we really, like, uh, like it was said, that we really need to make sure uh, that we're helping each other. So yeah, are there any final comments? Well, again, we thank you again and uh, for coming to our parents panel around uh, the pandemic. I thank Nicole Trefan. I thank Carlita Felder for being here. And I thank the audience for being a part of this conversation. We hope to see you again in the future. Bye-bye. We are getting ready to... Are you going to turn off the live?